Bye. You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. One of these days, we should start rapping over this. Y'all. I thought about that. We'll have the Real Crime rap song. Like like an old school gangster rap that I have no idea how to do. What do you guys think? No, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I think that's just awesome idea. I mean, you only have one half black person on your podcast. <laughs> it's not going to work. That don't give us any street credit at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real crime. My black card got taken a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. When did you lose it? Uh, I think I was like 15 or 16. Well, what? But okay, I, I didn't mean your virginity. I meant your black card. <laughs> I what, wish. What, what? How did you lose? <laughs> this, we, I thought we weren't going to do this. We had this horrible conversation before the mics got turned on. You told me you lost your virginity when you were seven. No. Oh, God. It's just, when I was 18 because oh, I was no, ugly I, and nobody I liked me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Anyways, let's not talk about street cred anymore. I... I I apologize to Michelle, and I, I apologize about everything, Michelle. Good. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, this is episode number 58 of Real Crime. Chris is running around the studio here doing something. He's got no shoes on, and he still has a really cute ass. I have to say, I'm really impressed with that, Chris. It's, it's, it's blown out, though. Well, <laughs> <laughs> When when is it? When are they going to come for us? We're going to get in trouble. One. Of these I know. Days. I know. It's it's going to be it's going to be tor- whatever. I, iTunes is going to be like this podcast has to go. Yeah. There's there's just another one of those weeks where I'm coming in here like on four cylinders and I'm usually only on six cylinders or whatever. I'm not quite here, but we got a really cool subject or sub- topic this week. But, y'all, but. <laughs> As always, now you look better this week, Chris. I don't feel better. Only slightly better because the camera isn't on us this week. Yep. Um, <laughs> but your leg's a little messed up. You got a black eye this week. I think you're missing a nail. Yes. Yeah, what happened with One that? One of his press-on nails. I don't know. Yeah, my press-on <laughs> nails came off. The reason for this is because Chris has been out on the streets again fighting tooth and nail for this week's news. Yes, I have. So in news this week, uh, the disaster artist... The Tommy Wiseau biography about the making of The Room is actually going to the Toronto Film Festival, which I absolutely cannot wait to see this movie. It looks amazing. It does. It looks awesome. Uh, Sam Shepard died. What the fuck? Yeah. Heard that last night. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah. Was it yesterday? Well, he actually died like uh, almost a week ago, oh but his uh, press person, they, they held the details back until like yesterday. Good. So... Very sad. It's nice ALS. to see. It's nice to see we don't get information instantaneously in one situation. Yeah, yeah. Seventy three years old. ALS killed him. Dude was an awesome actor. What a bummer. Mm-hmm. He was one of those actors that just could play like the everyman. Yeah. you know, all the time, and he was always great. Then moving on, Netflix. We actually reported on this the other day. Netflix just took out a five hundred million dollar yeah. line of credit. Yeah. To produce more original programming, but right after they took this credit line out, it was actually reported that the company is in crippling debt already. They owe over $20 billion in production deficit right now. What? Yikes. $20 billion they've borrowed 
to produce content. When do they think they're going to make money with a number like that on their I don't back? know. I don't know. It's absolutely insane. $20 billion. Well, to me, it's because they don't make a profit, really, because, well, okay, so somebody buys a Netflix subscription, yeah, right? Yeah. They have access to everything. It's not like they pay more to get additional things. So if a show does really well on Netflix, then what? It, it they they have no incentive they have nothing more they're just getting the subscription cost yeah, and that's yeah. It. well guess what's going to probably be coming down the pipe oh yeah raise higher subscri- raises yeah. stick around well, we're going to be getting taxed now for original content that oh, you I'm have sure. to see I'm sure or or putting ads in like uh, Hulu oh, f- does oh god and you have Mark, to pay extra to have yeah. them taken out Mark mark our words on that when you start seeing the rate increases or premium content. Yeah, I've been waiting for that. Honestly, it's just too good to be true. This was seven ninety nine was the original uh, subscription fee. I think yeah, it was seven ninety nine. Yeah, nine ninety nine now, right? Yeah, now it's went up a couple of bucks, right? Um, and now with this information out there, um, I think honestly they put that out there for a reason because people like us are going to suspect that right away. Like, oh well, here comes the rate increases. Yeah, here comes so the rate a, increase. It's a soft landing into it as opposed to just getting the bill and going, hey, why the hell is it twenty nine ninety nine now? Yeah, <laughs> well, I've noticed that. You know, they've been pushing their original content more, and it's actually, yeah. they're not the best for just watching a movie. Like, if you just want to watch something and you go on Netflix, nine times out of ten, they don't have it. And Amazon Prime yeah. is tearing their ass up with, like, their selection. Yeah. I go to Amazon Prime way more than Netflix now to actually watch a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like Netflix maybe should have the ability to rent a movie through them, too, like Am- mm-hmm. Amazon does. Yeah. You know, like a new release or something, or I don't know yeah. how else they're going to make money. The and Netflix interface sucks too, comparatively mm-hmm. to Amazon. Like Amazon, it's really intelligent the way you find movies. Netflix, like I got to sit there and like browse forever to find something I want to see. It's a pain in the dick. Well, yes. what Michelle said was really hit home because that's one thing I've noticed too is that I just want to watch. I look, I know that you know the series is all the rage, right? People are willing to dedicate 20 to 30 hours to something. <laughs> to binge everything. To binge everything. And that's totally great. I think it's cool. I've done it also. I did it with Stranger Things. I've done it with American Horror Story and things like that. Um, but it's not my, like, number one thing. I guess it's my short attention span. The older I get, I want to watch a movie. And, like, we were talking outside about The Howling, for example, where which is going to be something we're going to talk about tonight. Um, hour 20. That's a perfect movie for my old ass now. I'm like, yeah. dude, hour 20, I'm in and out. I know how the story begins, how it no, apexes, I'm... and how it ends. Um, I get anxiety when I have to put 30 hours into something. It's like, <laughs> dude, enough of this shit. I just want to know what yeah. happens. But at the same time, if you're halfway through, it's like, well, I got to see it through here. you know. So, But that is the thing with Netflix is they really do push the original content, but even more so the series. Yes. For some, they're just not uh, there and there's a lot of other movie companies moving in now like movie which has the art house stuff yeah. filmstruck has all the criterion uh amazon's uh coming in there you know punching too netflix isn't really changing with the times which is ironic because they're the ones that you know initiate the entire streaming culture we have now yeah but they're now stagnating on themselves and not innovating in a way to make people stay with them i think people have netflix out of familiarity as yeah. opposed to it being the best service yeah mm-hmm. i i they did change the game and it is kind of sad to see this but you know like much like blockbuster i mean i have no problem saying that maybe netflix is on its way out 
Maybe at some point. If they're that fucking that much in debt. I've never. That's like one of the highest numbers I've ever seen for. I mean, auto companies and big, massive companies. You see them carry that kind of debt. That's twenty. They do billion. that for fun. Yeah. Yeah, but that's they're gonna for, have to bail them out. Like you have to call Obama in or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 staggering. They're too to big that to number. fail. I I don't well you know I it's it's ridiculous. Anyways. I've got the one the new one through Vinegar Syndrome the exploitation TV mm-hmm. streaming things awesome. It's like all like old school exploitation exploitation horror in like old porn and shit. Dude. It's really cool. It's really cool. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's only like ten bucks a month too. And it's like really like well, deep you know, and disturbing. Crap. That's the thing too. I think people. That's an interesting idea right there because what you're talking about, Chris, is something that's very directed to a yeah. target audience, right? And like that's one of my problems with Netflix. Also, I, I, and I think we all have this this mentality or even phobia where, okay, I really want to find something I'm gonna like here. I don't want to. You know, we've all seen stinkers. We've all learned from it. We all move on from that. But it's not something I want to do. I don't like watching shitty movies, like legitimately shitty movies, right? I'd rather watch something I'm really going to enjoy and be excited that I watched it. Yeah. And yeah. walk away from that going, dude, I'm fucking better and smarter because I watched right. that really cool movie. Not what a piece of shit that thing was. I don't want to yeah. make fun of people's movies. I want I want something good. So with Netflix, there's a lot of noise. Let's let's just say it. There's a oh, there's shit a ton of noise in, in, in Netflix. Mm-hmm. Something like you're talking about... Um, that is a very directed thing, you know. So here's the streaming service for the horror maniacs. We got every friggin' horror movie you've ever wanted to see on Which here. Amazon has with Shudder. What's that? Amazon has a channel called Shudder that has an absolutely fantastic so, horror selection on So it. under their giant umbrella, they have little umbrellas, yeah, basically. Yeah, they, they're already doing it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Netflix is behind the times. Like, Amazon's already doing all the stuff they need to be doing right now. Bunch also, of wankas. I also don't like that Netflix, the way they grade their they oh, use it thumbs up now. and thumbs down now like i just don't like it sometimes i'm in the middle you yeah. know it's not know. very descriptive it's like bad good that's it yeah you know like well you know and they've they've changed the rating thing too where it's like you know 84 percent hit rate maybe yeah it's it's an 84 percent probability that you're gonna like this movie because based on the other bullshit <laughs> right, that you watched right. <laughs> or like because you watched, the, we've seen that one too. I've seen like you know, I saw that today when I was flicking around on there. Well, you watched this movie, so we figured you know, and they've been doing that for a while. Because you watched this movie, yeah. Because you watched that one shitty horror movie. Well, here's a whole bunch of them because we know you're gonna love all that piece, yeah. all that bullshit <laughs> yeah. too, right? Um, so it's a bit you know, uh, quantized. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not as intelligent like you guys are saying. So yeah. So, in other news, I like moving to see him on. crawl out of that hole, though, because yeah. I like Netflix. Um, in other news, they're saying that the next James Bond movie, the Daniel Craig, is coming back to do another one. And early rumors are saying that the villain is going to be blind in the next one. What? Which I think that'll be kind of a cool spin. You know, mm. it's something they haven't done yet with James Bond. Yeah. Hopefully, it's better than the last movie, because the last one was pretty shabby. <laughs> Also, in other villain news, Mads Mikkelsen wants to take on the role of Doctor Doom in this solo Doctor Doom movie they're making, which I think that would be pretty fucking cool because he is always a great, great villain. Yeah, he's just good in everything. Yeah. He's always underused, too. Yep. Yeah, if you have a chance, there's a movie he's in called The Hunt. Check that movie out. It's It's pretty amazing. 
Have any of you guys seen it? No. I've seen it. No. Yeah, that movie it's was It's like heart-wrenching. Yeah, that was a hard watch. So, in releases this week, Holly Berry is getting kidnapped again. <laughs> <laughs> Just the trailer to it makes me laugh. It's this redo- It's like a Lifetime movie with a budget. Well, it's like Taken. Like they, She keeps doing the same thing. Like <laughs> Liam Neeson keeps doing yeah. that Taken role over and over again. Holly Berry is always doing the same role. In everything now. So Kidnap yeah. is out, and Michelle is looking forward to The Dark Tower coming out, which is getting critically ravaged. Is They're it? saying it's like offensively bad. I'm really is- upset about it, but I'm going to give it a chance, because I'm almost thinking maybe a lot of those critics aren't familiar with the material, so maybe they just don't like you know get what it's trying to do but i also heard it tested really bad and some yeah. other stuff yeah and they're pushing the uh, marketing on it like super hard and there were no as far as i know there were no press screenings it's all you're seeing yeah it's crazy so, i've seen a million adverts for it so already. i'm gonna i'm pretty apprehensive it's got idris though i know He's really attractive, man. Yes, he's a very attractive man. <laughs> mm, I love you, Idris. I love you, Idris. <laughs> so at least I get to look at him for an hour and a half. That yeah, good. which I think I might just go see it for that. Yeah. I mean, him and Matthew <laughs> totally. McConaughey together. Yeah. That will definitely be worth watching. But if the material is terrible, that'll make it kind of hard to watch. Like, what are you two doing in this? Yeah. Well, in reality. Yeah. It's it might be tough. I. I we'll see. We'll see. So, suggested viewings this week, I'm actually going to go with The Shallows because I love that movie. And, you know, we're just coming off Shark Week, so I decided to go with a shark movie. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm glad you were topical this week. Yes. But, yeah, Shallows is awesome. Blake Lively's super hot in it, too. So. Yeah, she is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kirsten, what Kirsten. do you got? Well, you uh, know, I didn't mention this. I'm sorry, Kirsten. I didn't it's date night here. We finally got some ladies in the studio yeah, now. Yeah, it's date Woo-hoo. night. You know, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, sorry, Kirsten, your turn. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> uh, so mine is uh, a documentary on Vice that I watch. It's about raising... It, it, takes, it takes place in Sweden, and it's raising kids gender like non-conforming like not forcing any gender oh, wow. toys or anything on them and just seeing how they grow up and how they you know and they not to i'm not spoiling anything but it's just the way they raise the kids and it's a kindergarten that they're finding for their kids and how they have ways of you know growing them up without making gender a thing and it's really fascinating Mm. uh and i highly recommend it it's a half hour long it's amazing what was it called uh just go to vice and it's like raising kids gender non-conforming okay something like that what you got, Michelle? Um, I would say a ghost story, which yeah. I saw at the main art. Uh, it's really I heard it's really cool. It is really cool. It's not a hard movie whatsoever. So just get that out of the way in case anybody's uh, thinking it's gonna be like that. I actually had two people walk out of the screening I went to because it's like an art. It's art house film for yeah. sure. Yeah. And was <laughs> I mean it's not really a spoiler, but there's a there's a scene where somebody eats a pie for five minutes straight on a long take, like they <laughs> eat a whole entire pie. And this lady was so upset that she had to watch this person eat a pie. She left so angrily. Like, she threw her popcorn down. She maybe, stomped maybe out. Maybe she got hungry. I was like, dang, is this, can we just watch a person eat a pie? Is it that offensive to yeah, you? Well, like, yeah, really. Maybe she was upset because there was no punch with the pie. 
<laughs> but uh yeah it's a good it's a good movie but just don't expect a horror movie it's more like an existential kind yeah. of like slow burn ponderous film but that's my recommendation it's yeah. playing at the main art right now i'd like to see that mm. i really I've, I've heard cool things about it you know and yeah it's different mm-hmm. it was like really different. different for me this week as far as uh rock docs are concerned i did take some time and watch and i've been wanting to watch this documentary for a really long time it's called born to lose it's the last rock and roll movie and it's actually centers around johnny thunders and i don't think you guys know who johnny thunders is Mm -hmm. he was the guitar the legendary guitar player from the new york dolls um uh one of my favorite old-time bands i grew up listening to and it's one of those bands i love watching these documentaries and reigniting my flame for a band that i haven't you know had a, had a romance with in a while. Yeah. And this kind of relit my flame for the New York Dolls again. And Johnny Thunder's solo material and even the Heartbreaker stuff that he did. Anything he was in, I loved. Um, this documentary is really great. It, it's not a, it's not the greatest produced documentary. It's kind of rough around the edges. It's gritty. Some of the editing is kind of shitty. Some of the sound is kind of shitty. Like, there's a... I complained about it. There's an actual... Um, Interview sequence with Didi Ramone. He's all over this movie, which makes it even way cooler. Because Didi Ramone and Johnny Thunders were very good friends for many years, and they did a lot of drugs together too. But uh, <laughs> there's an actual like jam where they're playing, and then you're supposed to have Didi talking over yeah. it, but the mix is so bad, Aww. you know. So there's some technical problems with the movie, but you know, for something like that, if you're a nerd for like the New York Dolls or Johnny Thunders or even the Ramones, you know that New York glam thing that was happening. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch, and it's very educational, too. And it's also sad if you know the story of Johnny Thunders and, you know, kind of how he came to his sad end. Um, so I really recommend that. Um, you know, not too hard to get a hold of. Just go on the web. You should be able to watch it. It's a pretty old flick now. Okay. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So, and, yeah, that's, I mean, I'm just going to stick with that one this weekend. That was, uh, aside from the vast valley of porno that I watch, you know, I don't really <laughs> want to get into that stuff. But anyways, Chris? Yeah. I'm, what do you want? <laughs> Why are you calling me out? <laughs> what did I do this time? What I'm not queuing right tonight. It's obvious. Right. I'm not. I'm not where I need to be at. We haven't had females in the studio for a real long time, and I'm fucking nervous. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself. They're making your balls sweat. <laughs> I am a little clammy on my forehead. It's kind of hot down here. It's kind of warm. Mm. What's my going balls on, Chris? are sweating too. <laughs> so the actual topic this week. As far as theater is concerned, is indie horror, which, you know, and this is this show, the longer we go, I think it gets harder to do because I think as people, we all have our favorite stuff and there's stuff that we can just talk and talk and talk about. Right. Um, But I find as the longer we go, I'm like, I don't want to talk about that movie again, because a lot we said this before. A lot of these films, yeah, they cross genres. And we blanketed a lot of these movies. We yeah. blanketed the hell out of them, like yeah. Texas Chainsaw, Evil Dead, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, we you have know, talked about those it, a lot know, at lengths. Martyrs is another yeah. one, right? And they're gonna they're gonna pop up again here and there, though. Yeah, so well, yeah, that's totally. Okay. That's all, all right. right. And I'm not knocking that. I mean, you know, it's what we like, and this is what we're gonna talk about. Um, however, for this indie horror topic at least from my standpoint i kind of threw together a, a scratch sheet here and you know i haven't seen everything nobody's seen everything uh but i did pull out some things i think that we maybe have not and i think i mentioned this same was we talked last week was just a riff session yeah yeah and i'm like i want to talk about shit that we haven't may have not touched on really right 
Um, and I kind of wanted to go with that same kind of thread this week if we could. If we end up going down Texas Chainsaw Massacre rabbit holes, then fucking fine, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Um, because that's yeah, one of the originators of indie horror. However, really, there is a lot of stuff out there. And yeah. I, you know, I, and this is just my dumb list. You know, Michelle's here, Kirsten's here, and these two are both experts also. So you guys can take this. What the hell was that? Oh, that was a bad burp. Oh, oh man. Ooh. Did you hear Michelle's earlier? <laughs> no, no you did didn't not. do that. You didn't do that when we were we live. We edited though. it out. We edited it out. We did it hot. We just like totally yeah. cut it <laughs> okay. off. We just got rid of it. Do it fucking live. So uh-huh. <laughs> 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 fucking thing sucks. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we got this really cool list here. And, and again, guys, um, just, you know. We, we can go off script. I don't care. However, to get the thing rolling, I, I really want to mention this movie because I don't know if you guys have seen this movie or not. And it's at the very end of this list here. It's called Yellow Brick Road. I've never seen this. I have not, I have either. not either. More of a, I would call more of a psychological horror film. Yeah. It's a very trippy movie. Not like as in, you know, like, you know, weird. It's it's a very weird. I don't need. I, is it a take on the Wizard of Oz? Is there like Wizard of Oz references in it? I would say uh, some very, very subtle things. The Yellow Brick Road is a road, mm-hmm. and I want to spoil it, right? But it's just this, you know, it's based on some type of historical thing, and this group of people take it on. And some very random... What makes the movie is so cool to me is the randomness of the film. There's just people are losing their minds... And very random things happen. That as I was watching it, I was like, oh, "Holy crap!" Like, "Wow!" <laughs> I mean, I was really taken aback. Um, I don't want to. It's it's something I really think you guys out there listening and the people here, if you haven't seen it, um, it's one I really recommend. It's not a gory, you know, crazy slasher type thing. It's very mental. Right. More like psychological. Yeah, horror. it's very yeah, very mental, very psychological, um, and some very strange stuff happens in this movie. And I thought I've only watched it once. I'd like to go back and watch it again, um, but I really wanted to throw that one out there. When I saw it, when I was reviewing things and getting ideas, I'm like, oh goddamn, Yellow Brick Road. That was fantastic. <laughs> and it's an indie film. It's, it fits right into this whole indie horror genre. Again, I think when people think indie horror, they think blood, gore, and guts. That's not what we're going to be talking about all night here. And no. this is a good example of that. Uh, Yellow Brick Road, definitely. So uh, I don't know who wants to put the baton up their ass and talk now. I've, starry eyes, dude. Fuck yeah. I, I we've talked about say, that one briefly before. I can't say enough great things about that movie. It just it captivates a lot of that, captures a lot of that 80s tone, You know, a lot of that devil and possession stuff they were doing in the 70s and 80s. And it just got that realistic grit feeling to it and that ending i've always said that badass the ending is so badass and it actually it reminds me of henry portrait of a serial killer because the killings that take place in it are so brutal and so realistic that i just i love that movie i absolutely love that movie i've probably seen it five or six times now and you know a lot of people don't like it because like oh it looks cheap and you know it's a ripoff of Rosemary's Baby and all these different possession movies, but you always get that stuff. It's a very original lines. premise, I think. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen it, Kristen, Michelle? Yeah, I have not. What are your thoughts, Michelle? Uh, pretty much what Chris said. Actually, it's just like it's got that retro aesthetic and yeah, uh, it's like a throwback, but still adds a little, you know, modernized things to the 
to the mix. I like the transformation in the movie. Mm-hmm. How yeah. this character goes from what she be you know, what she started out as, very mm-hmm. timid, to what she became, which was really a goddess. Yeah. I, like yes. literally a goddess. Um, strong. And the whole like death and rebirth thing yeah. that yeah. takes place in the yeah. movie. Yeah. There's you just know. some really stunning visuals in it. Yeah. And the music is awesome in that yeah. movie too. Yeah. It's really I gotta go back really and watch good. it again. I've only watched it once. Yeah. Um and I really I loved it like you do, and I should go back and revisit it. Um yeah, Starry Eyes was one of those ones that we, you and I talked about that in private oh, yeah. on the show recently. We're like, Yeah, that movie's a shit. Really cool flick. Kirsten, what about you? Uh I'm gonna mention Excision. Excision. Oh. Yeah, yes. with Anna Lynn McCord, uh, Tracy Lords is also in it, and uh, John Waters. Uh, I I love that film. It's it's psychological. There is some gore in it, uh, but it's psychological, and it's about this girl who has like a, a mental disorder. She wants to be a surgeon, and you know, it's following her through high school and through her life, and just things come to. A big bang at she the end. She is a fucking nut. Yeah. She is yeah. a nut. But there's a lot of really um, psychedelic visuals in yeah. it, too. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff taking place in her imagination. Yeah. Tracy Lords is great in that movie, too, as the mom. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, dark, under-the-radar, off-the-wall sense of humor. It's really great. I've shown that to so many of my friends. What, what year was that movie? Do you know? Um, I can look. I have it right here. I think it was 2012. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was 2012. I'm pretty damn good with this. I've never seen the movie. Yo. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. So. She was also on Nip Tuck for a couple seasons, and she played a psycho on that also. Well, they try to ugly her up in the movie, but she's still hot. So. Yeah, yeah, they really do. They just like they play her down. It's almost like they put makeup on her to make her look like she yeah. didn't have makeup. Yeah. So. But yeah, excision is pretty amazing. Michelle, the baton is up your butt. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Beyond the Black Rainbow. God, what a cool flick! That is just um, like the colors in it. It's got that really oppressive uh, giallo kind of '70s vibe yeah. to it, where you kind of don't know what's going on. There's some supernatural things going on in the background, but it's really artsy fartsy. Yeah, and it's got all that cool retro futurist uh, look to it with the guy that wears like the black this black yeah. suit, and the music is amazing. I that that score I have on in the background doing stuff like pretty often. I always it felt and looked like to me the cover of old Atari games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, you get that colorful idea. background yeah, with the stark black yeah. uh, foreground type yeah. uh, like contrast. Well, there's the space though. Like, like it, I hate to go down this rabbit hole, but I'm, I'm going to come back out quick. I promise. If you look <laughs> at those old Atari games, like, um, uh, shit, my brain's stopping now. Anything. I mean, <laughs> like yards. No, not, I'm thinking more like the, they would have like the more like, action games um with spaceships and yeah. stuff like that you'd see the you know like the old defender mm-hmm. covers they used to use for example they'd have the silver edition atari games uh and they had defender is a good example of that you had you know this space i would call like now like when you see art like that it's all filled out it's mm-hmm. it's all you know there's there's something happening everywhere yeah. where these would have more space to them you'd, see the, you'd see the action mm-hmm. but you'd have that space 
And the colors, that's the other thing too. Lots of reds. Lots mm -hmm. of reds back then, right? And that film has that same feel to me. When I saw it, I, I me and my friend talked about that. I'm like, this reminds me of a fucking... Not an Atari game, yeah. but like the artwork on the cover yeah. of the Atari yeah. game. How they would have like spaceships and behind the spaceships would be a rainbow. Yeah. Like coming yeah. out of them and yeah. stuff. Like just yeah. that weird psychedelic yeah, mixture. Totally. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you know, very, very strange film. Another one of those mental type That's like too. the one of the weirdest endings too. It just like goes into some all some other shit. Like I was not... Yeah. It's not bad. It's just not because the because the beginning's really mellow and oppressive and like, you know, uh, uh, it, there's not like a lot going on. Slow burn, and then the last third, you're like, holy fucking shit! Like it just goes off the rails <laughs> into like crazy land well, in a good way. It's just a strange movie because yeah. the story is very nondescript too. Like you never really know what's going on. Like she's a prisoner, she escapes, blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But it has like this very kind of Alice in Wonderland yeah. kind of thing, this vibe going on too. But they never really tell you exactly what's going on yeah. in the movie, so it's very mysterious too. Oh, that's a lot of but, interpretation, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think that you know, and that's that's fun to do with those type of films yeah. too. I'm gonna throw out the Howling because I I won't lie, I said this outside. I'm like I watched it yesterday, just in honor of coming to do this show. Um, yeah, the howling. First off, I mean, we're talking, you know, this is like early 80s. Yeah, I think this was an 81 or 82. Yeah, all practical effects. You know, and I'll tell you what, I hate to do this, but I don't even, yeah, I did throw it on here too. Because um, they're both in the same genre type thing. Like An American Werewolf in London and The Howling, very different films. Very different. American Werewolf in London, I think, pound for pound, is is a much bigger, you know, more epic, broader. There's film. more story. Well, to there's it. a lot more story to it. Yeah, the howling. Yeah, the howling is. It's pretty. You know, like we said, I said earlier, it's a it's a buck twenty. You know, it's it's not that long of a film, and the premise is kind of flimsy, but the special effects look so damn cool, right? Um, the the transformation scenes with the werewolves. Yeah, you know what? They are all cutaways, but what they're giving you looks so because it's real it's as real as it can get Well, those right? effects are still horrifying i would just yeah. watch that movie probably like two or three months ago yeah and it's a cool flick yeah it's, really it's cool still movie. a cool flick and that would go to head to head with any of these crappy cgi oh yeah, movies oh, yeah that come totally. out now uh, i'd much rather see that than yeah you know. an american werewolf in london however um has i mean if you again pound for pound an american werewolf in london there's that one scene that just blows my mind. It's the scene where the guy's just kind of walking around the apartment. He's bored. He keeps drinking beer. He's doing stuff to kill his time. And then he just fucking freaks out. I'm so hot. Oh, my God. And yeah. That's there's that. And that back when that movie came out, like that scene was legendary. Like for the way, you know, for all the practical effects they used. To oh, make yeah. Literally, for sure. You know, seamlessly almost like transform in front of you into a werewolf. That's right? probably the best transformation scene. I've it's ever it's seen. fantastic. It still looks it's good now. Masterpiece. Um, the other piece of that film that really still sticks with me and I think sticks with a lot of people is the dream sequence. The guy, the guy, the dream the guy had where he's with his family and they're watching the fucking Muppets. I'm wondering what the, the idea. <laughs> well, what, no way. I, my, I'm totally clipping out here. That wasn't a steel, Steven Spielberg film. John Landis. John Landis did that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I'm wondering what the thought was. 
and I think there is this really interesting juxtaposition because I remember as a young child when I saw that, I was so taken aback. I actually had this mental thing where, so there's people in another part of the country that are doing the Muppet show right now. They're under a stage making Muppets work. And then now there's a TV. Now there's people watching this show in this house. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, these fucking really grotesque things like zombies or something in Nazi paraphernalia come in and shoot the whole fucking family up. Yeah. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. When you think about <laughs> it in those terms, like there's this slapstick hilarity going on on the TV set, you know, and it's just a simple juxtaposition, yeah. like, you know, comedy and horror. Um, but that's another scene from that film, even though it wasn't nothing really to do with the werewolves. Um, it just really stuck. It stuck with me. It gave me nightmares, actually. It was like one of those, you know, those things were really scary back then. Um, and then, of course, his friend walking around, like, all decomposing the whole. Yeah. That was just. I mean, I'm sure that whole thing was, you know, John Landis, I'm yeah, Landis. sure, was probably friends with Jim Henson. I'd have to think of something. And yeah. they probably put that in there as some kind of. In tip of joke the hat, tip between of the hat. Them, tip of the hat. Yeah, something like that. But you know, um, Max Landis is actually working on a script for remaking an American Werewolf in London. Goodbye. Right now. I don't want to talk about yeah. it. Let's move on. I, the, the, the I hate a Max Landis. I yeah. just want to put that out there. I can't stand him. He doesn't like you either. I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> he told me. American Werewolf in London is a masterpiece. Yep. I mean, I love the howling, but you know, when you take those two films. An American Werewolf in London is really epic. It's it's a you know it's a it's a heavy flick to watch, and it's there's a lot of emotion there too. You know, the guy don't want to be a fucking werewolf, but he is. Yeah. You know, he wasn't, didn't choose to be in that. Yeah. What a bitch. Yeah, what a bitch. <laughs> but I think I like that movie because it's kind of funny, too. Well, there's like, a lot of comedy. I, yeah. I feel like a lot of good horror movies have a little bit of humor in them to kind of, it also puts you off guard. It makes the horror even more horrifying because you're like, ha oh, shit. You know, like kind of like Shaun mm-hmm. of the Dead where the whole, you know, first 75% of the movie is funny. And yeah. then the last 25% is holy fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. it. You're totally just not prepared, like, mentally for that. So maybe that's a good way to scare somebody yeah. without just resorting to jump scares and stuff like that. Well, there is a movie, just thinking on this thread, that... Because I, I like a little bit of levity. Yeah. I think we all like a little bit of levity here and there. We all kind of giggle a little bit. Like, we were talking about Cloverfield last week. Um, you know, terrifying movie. Um, but the camera guy is... He's dumb. <laughs> yeah. So you get all these little interludes of some levity Mm -hmm. there is a film that it's relatively new that i know we were going to get to let's get to it right now and that's the void oh Oh, yeah yeah. Yeah. now that movie has zero that's the one thing i noticed about that film that movie has zero levity in it i didn't see one scene in there where anybody was making any there was a lot there was some sarcasm but these people were all terrified and that move, you know, and I'm going to just shut up here soon because I know I want you guys to riff on this thing, too. Um, that's the one thing, you know, as you're talking about this idea of a little bit of comedy, that's a movie that I think is so unique because it's, like, oppressive as shit. There's, like, nothing fun. It's fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. It's a fun movie. Well, it's fun to watch because yeah. the visuals are all practical. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on. Again, it's a, it's a weird movie because the story is never really laid out for you right no it, it's like basically the beyond if you guys have seen yeah that, yeah where yeah. It, it's like kind of playing off that lovecraftian uh 
like you're in a place so horrible that you can't describe it in grotesqueries. And it's even like, it's literally has the ending to beyond. Uh, like the whole trapped in another dimension, they turn right. around and they're like, holy fuck, we're in this whole other country, that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that's one, that the ending to Beyond is one of the most chilling endings I've ever seen, ever. I It gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. It's mm-hmm. just so, it's so depressing and just like, it's pure despair. Like when they first go in there and then they turn around and the exit's gone and they just realize they're trapped in this, yeah. this scary purgatory with just corpses everywhere. Like, can yeah. you imagine that feeling like oh, the horrible. utter despair? And the void has that same kind of feel to it that kind of like yeah just fucked up shit happening and people can't handle it and now they're stuck forever like living this well, hell prison of darkness ends very similar also with the you know the 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 being coming through yeah. and literally jump they you know tackled i don't want to that's fucking scary it. too yeah. that part scared the shit it's out of scary me. it's really scary but she tackled him into there mm-hmm. you know back in and yeah. lost forever same mm-hmm. idea you know there's this there's this dimension on the other side of the mirror or whatever it might yeah. be um and you break that gate or you close that gate and you're gone forever yeah and the way they the void ended where yeah there's that whole ending sequence with i, I love the just the colors of that i mean there's <laughs> i shouldn't say that i love the lack of colors yeah you know it's very just murky grays uh, and that's how that whole movie kind of operates it's you know it's in the color of the film is very you know it's very flat too mm-hmm. i noticed but and i think that just kind of fits with because the they shot it on digital too it's just got that so? it's got that digital look to it a little bit which ends which is a little flat yeah but that was just a cost thing because they just kick-started that whole thing which Movies. i thought was great yeah that you know that's that's indies. That's how indie movies are made now via Kickstarter. And I and I felt what was great about that was they kickstarted it and they made the movie. They didn't fuck around with it. They finished it. You know they get all their stuff out there. Everybody. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which but that's Ast- at the people that made it. Astron Six. Well, two of the guys from Astron Six. They're they're old hat with making indie horror. They made Manborg for like a thousand dollars in a garage. They made uh, the editor, which is like a Jello homage. They made uh, Father's Day, which is like basically a modern day trauma film. God, that all that stuff. Me up. All that stuff's indie. They made all that with their own money that they raised, you know, from various means. And I, I love that they are trying to preserve like yeah. practical effects because they just look good. Like the void. If we watch the void in ten years, it's gonna still fucking look good. Yeah. You know, you watch a you watch a movie with CG in it from five years ago, and it's starting to look looks ridiculous. Shitty. Yeah, yeah. It looks ridiculous. I think that movie. I, I can't say enough good things about the Void. I was so excited. Like we were talking about a few minutes ago, like about Netflix. That's something I watched on Netflix, and mm-hmm. I think I mentioned. I'm like, hey guys, the Void's dropped out of Netflix. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure I see it. And that was one of those ones where I got done watching, it and I was really excited because I'm like, dude, this is a fucking awesome movie, and I can't wait to tell people about it. To go to sit down and watch, to spend an hour and a half. It's about an hour and a half long. Yeah. Spend an hour and a half and watch this movie because it's really good. It needs to be seen. Um, it has the mood. It has the look. It's <clears throat> in you know it's over the top. It, it and that's what made those great indie horror films what they were. I think as far as like that extreme. Yeah. Right. Well, it looked and, insane. I mean, the cool thing about this movie is too that word spread very quickly about this movie they were very smart about the way they promoted it on social media and there's like a huge cult following for this movie already and it's only been out for what maybe five or six months yeah Yeah. it hasn't been out that long and like everybody's like oh you have to see the void 
That movie's awesome. That movie screams cult. Yeah. It yeah. screams yep. cult. It's, they, they, it's they have a bunch made. of great poster art for it, too, I remember. Oh, really? I need to buy a poster for it. Yeah, yeah. they have like six yeah. different badass posters, like hand-painted ones. Oh, wow. Yeah, they got a lot of cool art. That's cool. Um, I, you know what? I'm gonna shut up. I've been I've been steering this shit. I, uh, put the baton up your ass, Chris. Yeah, the taking of Deborah <laughs> Logan seriously. Fuck yeah. That and it's when we have touched on in the past a little bit. Yeah, that is to me that is like the epitome of indie horror. Like that dude created something brand new and yeah. kind of like revitalized the whole found footage thing by telling a story about. You know, we think she's got Alzheimer's and she's, you know, no. dementia and whatnot. And it turns out that's not really what's going on. And the movie is really, really smart. Yeah. And again, it was another thing where, you know, it got, they were really smart about the social media marketing of it. Nobody had really heard of it. Yeah. And then it pops up like on Netflix and it's this huge underground hit. And now, you know, he's making movies for the big studios you know it's it's an it's just an it's an amazing movie and the acting in it the woman that plays deborah logan like she's not even as old you know she's like half the age of the woman Mm -hmm. she's playing in the movie they did all that via makeup but the whole aura of the movie like you'd really don't know what's going on and they just build it up and they build it up and they build it up and then finally they just fucking just well, knock you right in the cock with their fucking fist <laughs> well, at the end, you know? Like, holy there's shit. There's some visuals in that movie that just... i never seen them before. Well, like i never whole, seen stuff like that. Like the whole consumption thing in the cave at the end of the oh, movie God, when she's like that. over yeah. the little girl. Jesus Christ You're almighty. like, what the fuck is going yeah, on that's here? Like, that's nightmarish. It yeah. truly is nightmarish yeah. to see that. And it's real. I mean, they didn't CGI that. That was a practical effect they used, yeah. so it looked really good. Um, and, and and just the again, it's another one of them cool transformation films. You right. see this lovely woman, this mm-hmm. astute stoic woman, and you see her just devolving and devolving. And it's not Alzheimer's. Yeah, there's something <laughs> else going on with her. Um, yeah, man. I actually I posted about this on Instagram last night, and I'm friends with Adam Robitel the director of Taking of Deborah Logan. And so he was all like, oh, sweet, you guys are talking about my movie, blah, 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 blah. But he's actually, we've talked about this in the past, he's directing the new Insidious movie now. So he went from doing this little found footage movie that blew up to doing a huge studio movie He's doing the new Insidious. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Good for him. Yep. All right, next. Somebody else throw one. It, the, well, you Kirsten. mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Kirsten, throwing out, yo. Where, oh, come on, Kirsten. Pipe up over there. All right, right. Uh, so help. I'm going to mention American Mary, mm. uh, directed by the Soska twins, yep. Sylvia and Jen. Um, dude, that movie, it, it's not. Okay, so it's about this woman who is going to school to be a surgeon. I, this is the second yeah. movie of women surgeons that I've noticed. Maybe I have a <laughs> fetish. And so, so uh, yeah, and she finds herself all of a sudden doing these really weird off-the-wall uh, uncommon surgeries that typical doctors, surgeons Body modification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And it, even nowadays, is still not overly dated you know there's there's some stuff like the little devil horns people will like pop into their skin yeah. like that's in there but there's a couple of surgeries that just there's a there's a human barbie doll in there yeah and then yeah. there's a betty boop woman that just it's fascinating to look at them 
And uh, it was directed really well. Um, they're still doing conventions. Like the Sosco twins are still going to conventions talking about American Mary and making money off of it. And uh, the twins also directed Hel- Elevator. Elevator. And they oh, did yeah. uh, a dead hooker in a trunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I like that one. It, it's not overly gruesome either. It's just very fascinating and it's a good story. And like she's so hot. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, were were some of those people like real fetish models and stuff. I, I always believe wondered. so. Yeah, Catherine Isabel, the main actress. Yeah. yeah, there's a scene that was really just like <laughs> to me was like uh, when she was f- just piercing that dude up with all, the, and he doesn't want him. Like forced modifications is like yeah. the scariest thing. I don't know why, because I like have some of the stuff that she was giving him and he I was like oh you're just being a little baby about it it's just a septum ring but then she started adding more shit I was like oh yeah, yeah that does kind of <laughs> suck for you bro well the, <laughs> the fucked up thing is that a lot of people don't realize this but American Mary in many ways is very similar to I spit on your grave mm-hmm. because she's taken advantage yeah. of and raped by the um the surgeon that's educating yeah. her and she takes her vengeance through going into this world of body modification. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's very, very similar in that whole end torture sequence with that dude when she's got him hanging and shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Yep. And the, the Soska twins are actually in it. Too. I don't know if it's Soska or Soska. It's Canadian. Soska. Soska, okay. Yeah. But uh, they're actually in the movie, too. They're the twins that... Uh, get the corset piercings right. and the other stuff. So, yeah, I didn't even notice that until I watched it the second time. I was like, oh, shit. So that, I thought that was cool, too. And just so everybody knows, we do have interviews with the Soska sisters and Catherine Isabel on the website. So from that movie. Check them out. Yeah. <laughs> Check them out. Check it out. Check it out, y'all. Hi, Michelle. What did Bas- you have? Baton is up your ass. Go. What have uh, you got? Dude, Michelle's got to be in pain by now. Why? Because of baton, it just, oh. I just, yeah, leave, I just leave it in. You don't okay. feel it. Chris. It's like a plug. Yeah, you don't, yeah. Dude, when you put it in my ass, it's just like, boom. <laughs> oh, <God>. Miss <laughs> Michelle. I'm going to go with Pontypool. God, what a cool flick. Because, um, well, first off, I when I watched it, I literally had no idea what it was about. Um, so that made it even better because my neighbor's like, dude, check this movie out. Yeah. We I, watched it. Well, it was just, it was on Netflix, and I was like, Pontypool, and then I read it was something like a, a take on a zombie film. Yeah. But the way, I don't want to spoil any of it because like it really it's relies awesome. on you not knowing what's going on. Yeah. But what I I think what I appreciated about it is it actually Pontypool could literally be a radio play, mm-hmm. like and not have any visuals, and you could still get one hundred percent of what's going on in the yeah. story. Which ironically, it takes place in a radio station, mm-hmm. so. Uh, the guy is actually narrating a lot of what's going basically two people are trapped in a radio station people yeah. are going crazy outside the radio station and they're only getting information from people calling into the radio station yeah. which is fucking genius yeah so like you know everybody's acting talking you know calling like oh my god i'm hiding and all this. it's yeah. fucking great though yeah. so they don't have to show a lot which is fucking smart uh-huh. they just get really good actors that i essentially i'm sure they just got great voice actors get Get good voice actors that can emote, um, and everything's via narration, and it's like what you're imagining is way scarier than yeah. what you could ever see anyway. And then uh, the way the zombie works and and stuff, like how the infection spreads, is also fucking genius. Yeah, it was just a genius movie. Like it was so clever. Every it was simple. Aspect it was very it. simple. Like you're yeah. saying, yeah. The was... setup simple. The the there's only like there's only one setting. 
and the mm-hmm. whole film yeah. takes all takes place inside the radio station, which sounds like it would be boring, but it's, it's not. It's not at all. Not at all. It's, it's great. Fantastic. It's it's a really underrated film. I don't really hear people talk about it. I think it's also Canadian too. It is when Canadian. I think about it, it's Canadian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've watched that on Thanksgiving. My neighbor was all excited, and he, and he because he's a big horror. I've never yeah. seen this one. It's really good. You like yeah. it? I've never, never seen, seen Pineapple. Holy crap! No. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's, a, it's so, and that's the beauty of it. Uh, can't stress that enough is the simplicity of it, mm-hmm. um, and how it's played out, um, and yeah, it, 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 and that's good. You know, we'll sell it like that here because I want people to see that movie. I think, um, you know, it, it yeah, it might sound boring. Like, oh, there's only one set. Dude, check it out challenge yourself they do a lot with that one set i'll tell you what man they get a lot of exposition there's a whole arc of stuff happening it's It's just all off camera but the way they explain it it's like really creepily like it's 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 literally exactly like like world war of the world old style radio teleplay Uh you know yeah like it's all in your mind which i thought would made that much more interesting yeah it's a really cool take on the zombie genre let's go from pony pool to night of the comet has anybody oh, seen that damn movie? I haven't here? seen this one. Yeah. Seen no. the, the, oh my god, it's ridiculous. This yeah. is a very campy flick. This is a very campy '80s flick. But it was fun. It was fun, man. And, you know, and, you know, it was right around the time, and we've talked about like these apocalypse type films, especially yes. in the '80s. There was that whole big scare, the nuclear scare, and all this shit. And um, this kind of played on that idea, but you know, as, as the title alludes, it's not a bomb; it's a comet. Um, and it's an apocalypse type film, and these you know group of characters have to try to work their way through it. You know, like and it's it's for today's standards, it's a pretty standard setup. I mean, we've seen this plot a lot, but this was like the early eight, like, eighty-five. Chris, are you looking at the date right now? Eighty-four. Eighty-four. Oh, eighty-four. Um, you know, it was right in the middle of that whole thing. Um, and there's just you know, I don't. I, it's not another one. I don't want to spoil it for people. Uh. It's a zombie flick. Basically. It's a, yeah. Yeah, you can say that. Um, but I liked the interplay with the characters. There were some, you know, little Easter eggs you had to watch for. You see them, you know, through the film. Um, it's just a fun film to check out. You know, it, it is essentially it's a zombie film. Um, but I think some of the ideas, some of the and some of the characters let's just say the zombies aren't some rabid crazy mm-hmm. nutty being they're they're somewhat intelligent yeah right they're just altered so um something i would recommend seeing it's an older flick obviously uh, but it was it was one of those ones i saw that made a real impression on me when i was younger so i had to throw it on this list yeah i remember watching this on like hbo when yeah, I it was, was on, a yeah, kid. It was hbo yeah cuz it's like pg or pg13 yeah, i'm pretty yeah. sure that, so it that. played during the day yeah you know but. Yeah, it was. There were some disturbing things, and there were there were some things that just happened in the film that we all would want want to do too if we were ever in the apocalypse. You're like, yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's just cool things you can identify with. So, yeah, uh, I'll let me get the baton out of my book. Give it back to you, Chris. Duke. The Baba Duke. No, not the Baba. Fuck that movie, dude. That movie's awesome. <laughs> Fuck that piece of shit movie. I love that movie. People either Why? love it or hate it. There's no yeah. in between with the Baba. Okay, I mean, what's the consensus lo- here in the studio? I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm so you're the only fuck hater. All you guys, I'm leaving, man. Eat hater. my shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why? Okay, Eat tell me Baba Dukey. No, I just I love the I love the atmosphere of the movie. It's like so dark and, you know, the mom is so fucked up in the head and you just want to slap the shit out of her the entire time. 
The entire movie, you want to beat the hell out of that mom because she's just, she's not a good parent at all, you know? But the environment of the movie, just the atmosphere is so great. And I love how the Babadook is like animated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very like two dimensional. It's completely yeah. different than any other horror movie that's been out lately. And yeah, the kid, the kid is annoying as shit with the screaming yeah. and crying and all that. He, it gets old yeah. after a while, but I think it's just. No, it's, that's it, what turned me. I, I'm Okay, I'm being very shallow, but I just, the first 15 minutes of that movie, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a real challenge to get through this thing. So I have to listen <laughs> to this little fucker scream the whole, the whole movie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claw my eyes out. I can't take this shit. That's why yeah. she's crazy, man. I guess it's supposed to make you empathize with her. Yeah. Because you're feeling what she's feeling. You're like, God damn, this kid sucks. I fucking hate him. Because I hate him too. This movie literally is like the the perfect film that encapsulates why I don't want children ever. Because I just feel like Thank it's you. just like the Babadook forever. Like I would call the Babadook like in a minute. I'd be like, look, I'm calling this Babadook. You need to shut up. I will call him. <laughs> well, my, my buddy, I, I put it out for my friend. We I watched it once and I was like, all right, uh, you know, I'm not sure how to feel about this. And then my buddy came in, and now this isn't this isn't saying his t- taste is good because he, but he's a film he was a film major in college, mm-hmm. so he came in. I'm like, yo, she watched the Baba Duke. I want to see what you think about this. <laughs> Fifteen minutes he lasted. He's like, turn <laughs> this fucking thing off. I can't take it anymore, it's dude. The kid, man. And this is a guy who will watch anything, and he'll, you know, he's a he's a film nerd. But hardcore, I think that's part of the you know? that's part. I mean, it's supposed to be annoying. You're supposed to be getting into the headspace of these characters. Maybe that's, maybe that's, you know? that's what went over my head. Is maybe, maybe in fairness, seeing that I'm being ganged up upon here and being piled on <laughs> by the three of you, maybe I should give it another chance. It's a Babadook gangbang. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, okay. But I'm just well, like I mean, fucking annoyed as hell. I was just I was getting Scott's annoyed. getting Babadook bukkakied over here. <laughs> <laughs> The Babadook was also the like new mascot for gay culture for like a month. Really? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, because so uh, I guess at like for a day, the Babadook was under the gay like section on Netflix, like the recommendations for gay movies. The Babadook was under there. Someone (laughs) found it and they took a photo of it and they were like, "Well, I guess the Babadook is like now the gay mascot." So then it got blown up. It was on T-shirts and yeah. So that's how it was just under there for. That's pretty cool. Well, you're you're lots real reactionary. Jeez, they just for the Babadook. Yeah. One day. It was funny oh, because yeah. people that wow. didn't understand where the meme came from were so confused and upset, yeah. and then people were trolling them. Like <laughs> this being, news like, to me. Like, I had no idea. Somebody did a review where they basically uh, somehow got all these like gay themes from the movie. Like they were pretty much just like. Pulled trolling. out of their ass. Yeah, yeah they were trolling, but no, they put it out like yeah. it was a real review. Like, actually, it's been gay the whole time and nobody knew. And people were just, like, losing their <laughs> shit This is the last this. thing I thought about the Babadook. Yeah. Yeah, that's, no the, that's, the, yeah. that's the joke. Like, because yeah. it's just, it's he, it's not. It's just, everybody was pretending it was, basically. And, awesome. and that's, that's people that's off totally on the internet. Awesome. And that's why when the person that saw it under the subject, they were like, what the fuck? Took the photo and then it just blew up. Yeah. Babadook got memed. I didn't know it was a gay porn. I guess Bobby it Duke. is. <laughs> That's sad. So can we, can we move on from the Babadook now? Yeah, we can move on. From I'll the watch Bobadook. it again so we can all be happy and yeah. be agreeing on it. <laughs> you everything. will, bitch. You guys are a bunch of dicks. Throw me another one, Kirsten. Yeah, How Kirsten. about It Follows? Fuck yeah. Mm. There's something I dig. Micah. Mm. That's a good movie. Um, I mean, there's so many things in that film. I remember watching it the first time. I'm like, Boy, that neighborhood looks familiar. Like the opening scene, I'm like, yeah. boy, that looks familiar. 
they, and you know you find out yeah that's was it's our home here there's a reason it's familiar yeah um and there's just some really cool lines in that movie not the horror stuff but you know there was that line like my mom and dad used to tell me never to go south of eight mile when i yeah. was a kid and i'm like yeah my parents do <laughs> 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 yeah. oh yeah i totally get that but now i go there every day for <laughs> crack and hookers <laughs> All the topless bars are there too. Don't forget that. And Eminem, he's over there too. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> what is your thoughts on that, Kristen? Uh, after I saw it, I kept like watching everyone around me to see if anyone was walking straight towards my direction. And me and my roommates would talk about it. Like, what would we do if we were in that situation? Like, would you just sleep with everyone to cover your tracks? Well, I already do that now. So. <laughs> <laughs> keep doing what I'm doing. But then it's like, Aww. you you don't want to sleep with <laughs> people you care about, obviously. Yeah. So you just like, but you know, consciously, whoever you sleep with is going to be in trouble. So like, do you sleep with anyone? Do you sleep with like homeless people? Like, See, what do you that's do when you on get your conscious? Yeah. I'd yeah. be like, oh, what Oh, you could be like, oh, I'm taking a shower. I wish I was taking a shower with you. Oh, no, come on over. You I can. got something for your ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just go to the, just go to the, when Nickelback comes through. Yeah. Yeah. Just Eliminate some of could their fans. Could you just do me a favor on that, Michelle? Um, no. And just take care of all the fuck boys there. <laughs> we only have to sleep with them once, right? Yeah. And yeah, but, then, get it. but what if they with. die and then it comes back to you? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. like, do you yeah. have to keep sleeping around? Well, or? I thought they had to, if you slept with somebody, they got the it follows virus and then they had to sleep to pass it on. Yeah. Then you were good. So, like, it was like so, two. So, people. basically, I have to yeah. sleep with someone, make sure they sleep with someone yeah. else, and then make sure they just. That's why you get the Keep the having boy. sex, people. <laughs> yeah, or just do it at like an orgy. So, like, you just guarantee that <laughs> yeah. somebody is going to do somebody else on it. You guys are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought about it. I was like, if I was would be sh- so short if I was in it, because I would just fuck some other person, <laughs> like, immediately. I'd be like, just call up some old ex I hate or something. Oh, remember when you cheat on me? Yeah, yeah. that's like you. Hey. I can see you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Silly whore. If I was would be, like, 15 minutes long if I was in it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a short film. Yeah. <laughs> if I was the short film. Starring but Michelle. I think it's a really good looking movie though. Looks great. It's yeah. It's really retro in a weird way. It's retro in a way that it's not you can't really pin it down to a specific time in the past. It just feels old. Like that yeah. girl has that weird phone thing she's using. Oh yeah, the like, like clam. Yeah, thing, the clam yeah. thing. And it's like they kind of just have it. I feel like that's a good look for the movie because it won't date it so quickly. You, you know, it, mm-hmm. it it feels old, but it doesn't have anything that kind of specifically puts in any era. So mm-hmm. it'll feel timeless later. Well, yeah. it's got some of those like long shots, like Halloween. Yeah. You know, it's got that. Type well, that's of what I'm saying. It opens it. up yeah. a long shot. Yeah. Great um, soundtrack by yeah. Disaster Piece. Oh, and it was dude. funny because when I watched the movie, I was like, that sounds like Disaster Piece because I followed him previous to that because he does a lot of pixel, yeah. uh, 8-bit music, and he did the music for this game called Fez. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love Fez. Yeah. Well, he did that weird, like, uh, shimmery stuff that he did. He was doing for... He uses a lot of, like, old-school, like, analog gear and stuff, too, so I was, like, oh. all nerding out about it. But that's one of the best scores. Like, that's mm-hmm. another score that I play on occasion just in the background because it's so good fits the movie perfectly it's very noisy though too yeah there's a lot of just like Dissonance. stuff piling on mm-hmm. in that but it's a great soundtrack for sure michelle yes 
<laughs> Another movie. Another oh. movie. Give us a movie, show. damn it. Right, I know your mind's not, not anywhere in the show right now. I know. Now, now she's thinking just thinking about, sleeping, about around. sleeping around. Now I'm just thinking about all the dicks <laughs> <laughs> I want to sit on after this. Dick it, 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 would be, it would be easier. But it's just going to be one, Dave, if you listen to this. Yeah, but yeah. Just your just, dick. Michelle's going to make a movie dick. called Dick Fall Hose. <laughs> 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 All right, let me see what's Story on. of my life, Dick Wait. Follows. <laughs> let me see what's on this list. <laughs> oh, God. Hmm. Dick Follows. Dicky Dick Follows. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, dun, dun. here's a movie I like yeah. a lot. Uh, Let the Right One In. Hell yeah. And I only like the original version. I don't like the remake. It's, Swedish, re- it's Swedish, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Swedish version. The remake was, really was cool. just like no reason, and it was just worse. I'm just like, just read the subtitles, you lazy motherfuckers. Yeah, God. The, the Swedish version is the one I saw. Yeah. And yeah, I love that movie. It was another one viewer. And it's all, and I'll see it again. I'll yeah. watch that one again. That's a, that's a fantastic film. You know, it's a whole different take on the whole vampire thing. Yes. Uh, and there's also a lot of uh, uh, gay themes in that, really, too, because uh, there's like, well, there's always been that like thing with vampires where what, do they put that under the wrong heading on Netflix, also. No. It's, <laughs> well, the the vampire's a boy, and yeah. he's a boy. So, but he's like basically in love with the vampire. Like vampires make you fall in love with them, basically, yeah. so they can use you mm-hmm. to. Well, that's what he was doing. He was using the boy to get, you know, victims, and yeah. and then there's an old guy, and he's old, so he needs to get a new one. So he makes you fall in love with them which is vampires they use their sensuality in a lot of other movies mm-hmm. it, and it's and especially like the uh interview with the vampire a lot of homoeroticism and, yeah. and stuff so that movie kind of tackles it too but it's like more of coming at age it's, it's and there's always that romanticism you see with the yeah. vampire type stuff yeah and that's that's the let the right one in has that but i like how they handled it as more like a kid coming into his adulthood also yeah. But the vampire is ageless, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like he's being used, but he doesn't realize he is. And and the ending's kind of like ambiguous in a way where it could be happy or sad depending on how yeah. you look at it. What and just the way it looks, it's like all like that stark Arctic, yeah. cold Sweden shit going on. Everybody's nose is runny because it's cold as fuck all the time. You know, and there's and, levity in that movie too. Yeah, there you know, and that and to me that's another one. You know. How they were able to really work that in. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of scenes where the guy's trying to drain blood. Yeah. And it's just a goddamn mess. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, he's just fucking up left and right. And that, but which also kind of just, that's how this, that pushes the story along. Like, yeah. okay, this guy's on his way out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Beautiful film. Uh, you know, and it, it, you really, it's one of those ones, I mean, I really kind of got emotionally into it. Like, oh, what the hell's, you know, How's this going to end? I mean, this yeah. is going to bum me out one way or the other. So, yeah, as, a, as far as a contemporary type film, you know, indie horror type mm-hmm. film, it's one of the better ones out there. Um, what the hell was I was looking at? Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know if you guys have all seen this one. Taurus Trap. I have not, not seen that one. No. This is a sleeper, okay? It's one of the ones that got in my head when I was younger. Visuals that never left and it took me a long time my neighbor again mr brad adams hi brad (laughs) he he listens sometimes brad Um, hates you he told me he hates my guts but him and he's a he's a big time campy horror fan Mm -hmm. like he writes campy horror scripts the guy just he loves this stuff and we had this a conversation one night over a drink, and we were talking about you know old school campy horror films. I'm like, well, there was this one with these people that got off the road, and this guy turned them into mannequins. 
Oh, I did see this. Tourist trap. Okay. Yeah. Refresh your brain a little bit. Yeah. There's some visuals in this movie that just really screwed me up. And maybe it's because of my age. Um, but I did. My neighbor had a copy of this, a DVD. He's like, oh, I love that movie. We got to watch it. So we watched it. And I'm thinking, like, you know, a lot of films I saw when I was younger in this genre where it scared the hell out of me. Yeah. You watch them now and you're like, what the fuck was I? You know, it must have mm-hmm. been my age. This was still one of those that held up. It totally held up for me. Um, and I watched it all over again. I'm like, oh my God, it's all coming back. This sucks. Like, this is really freaky. <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's a mannequin maker, essentially. Mm-hmm. But there's just some visuals in this film that'll really hook into you, and they won't leave anytime soon. Um, hard, Probably a harder film to check, you know, the fine maybe nowadays. Yeah. I think he had to order his copy. Um, probably ch- I could probably check out Amazon, see if they have it on there. It may be on there now. I mean, There's I, there's a Blu-ray of this there? movie. I'm pretty Who sure. Trap? I'm pretty it's sure that Arrow put it out. Oh, okay. I'm almost positive. Fantastic well, you know, movie. What? I mean, this is a slightly off topic, but I really like that there's this resurgence of uh, horror and cult movies getting lavish releases on Blu-ray and stuff. No, that's for great. Collectors. Yeah. Because I feel like uh, maybe physical media is a little bit on its way out. I don't want to say it's on its way out, but it's less popular. But now there's like, now all these companies are kind of picking up that slack and finding there's like you know well, a that, demand for these movies. People want their yeah. favorite movies in a nice edition. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's it comes down to packaging and things mm-hmm. like that. And I think people that truly are passionate, we've had this conversation at length, on yeah. here, where I think people that are truly passionate about a film, yeah, let's just say a film, um, you know, if you really, you know, come on, I mean, I guess from my mentality as I'm a completist, yeah, which is a very bad curse to have, and it's a very expensive curse to have. You know, if I'm obsessed with something, then I got to have everything Well, you it. collect vinyl and music, I collect, right? I collect so, I have tons of records. Yeah. C- I mean, CDs. I collect everything. I mean, I, I and that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a good example there. You know, you get a good record you like. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy the CD. If they have a cassette, I'll buy that. I mean, I'm going to buy every format. Mm-hmm. The same thing goes for movies that I absolutely adore. I went out and bought. I have a VHS copy. I have a DVD. I have yeah. a Blu-ray now, right? I'm not a Laserdisc guy. Andrew would be here to pick up that slack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it really comes down to people's passion on things. I think, and I do think, mm-hmm. as time goes on, and we haven't had this conversation in a while, I think personally that the market, you know, their the digital market was always going to be there. Streaming is always going to be there. Yeah. I think any. You, you, if you're not taking advantage of th- these really cool things that there are out there, then that, that's your problem, really. You're just you're hindering yourself. It isn't like it's very expensive, right? No, um, especially if you th- get get them earlier. Yeah, because they do the thing with these smaller companies. Not really so much Shout Factory and Arrow because they kind of make a lot of stuff. But yeah. there's a like vinegar syndrome and stuff. They're mm-hmm. they they don't make as many copies. You know, Twilight right. Time and stuff. They yeah. they do sell out and go out of print. I know, like something recent, like uh, the Phantasm collection went out of print for a while. I don't. I think it might still be out of print. Yeah. But you know, no, I just, they just did a box set about five or six months ago that had mm-hmm. all the movies in yeah. it. When the latest Phantasm movie came out, Ravager, yeah. they released a box set with all of them remastered, and it like sold out in like days. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. gone. Well, you can't that's find my it now. Point is, I think it, I think the physical media market is just as important now, if not. I don't think it's going out. That's my point. I don't think it's on its way out. Oh, I think it's more I think, niche. Maybe? I think it maybe it's more niche, but I think there is a market for that. I mean, movies alone, like you just 
illustrate a very good example right there. How long did it take for them to sell that out, Chris? Like a week, two okay. weeks. Yeah. So you know, how, and how many, how many, how many units was that? You know, I don't know. I don't 50 know. Fifty million units. Just say fifty million. No. Okay. No. I don't think they made. No. It's probably like maybe like a hundred thousand no. or something. No. Yeah, no. Maybe. Yeah. It's, a small, it's not a massive lot. Yeah. But that's still pretty impressive to me, given what we've been through over the mm -hmm. last fifteen years. That that this is fifteen years ago. Oh God, forget it. Would have never happened. But yeah. now, and I think what I've said too is I think people, certain age groups, um, you know, when Phantasm came out, that was like when I was very young. So a lot of people I think are buying that stuff are in my age group. And we're at a point where we do have more money now. Yeah, it's disposable income. Yeah, you have more disposable income. So people are collecting again too. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I, I've been saying for a while, like the last five or six years, the whole vinyl thing, for example, yeah. right? I think that whole thing really is an output of people, you know, we're, we're generation Y. No, we're not Y. There's, X. I think, I think I'm barely generation. We're not generation X. We're like barely generation. Like we're right before that or something. I don't know what the hell they call us, but like that age group, like us, we're kind of in our, where we're making more money. Yeah. So people are spending more money on, because you said they have more discretionary income. So I think, this whole physical medium, whether it be Blu-ray, DVD, whatever you want to call it, and people are doing cassettes again and all this crazy mm -hmm. shit, um, I think it is a result that people do have more money, right? And yeah, 10 years ago, we were all broke as shit. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that too. So I, I think, think it's just cool because the, the indie filmmakers are also kind of benefiting from yeah. this resurgence because they'll they'll make a Kickstarter and then, um, you know, you can get a cool signed, yeah. like, you know, release. Uh, the Void, actually, uh, they were doing some things with their Blu-ray. They only had them through one company, Diabolik, Diabolik mm -hmm. DVD or whatever. That's the only place you could find their stuff. Yeah. But I just like that, you know, indie films and cult films and smaller films are getting these treatments because a lot of people are kind of hoity-toity like why does that movie deserve a blu-ray you know like like yeah, every well, movie if you like somebody somewhere likes it and they want the best version of it yeah it yeah seems... totally i think anything i i mean if you're passionate i mean i think a lot of people just want to have a physical copy of something yeah. you know i mean something that you can hold and look at and i and i feel the same way about that still have you know i know Mr. Chris here does. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, spades. you know, um, if I if I enjoy watching something that's streaming, if I really like it, I'm buying it. Yeah. yeah, I'm buying it because I feel like it's worth supporting those people. Number mm -hmm. one, to have a physical copy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, they're gonna make more money off of me buying that disc than they are off me watching it on Amazon or Netflix. Yeah. And I mean, some of this cover art, like the Arrow discs yeah. and some of these limited editions, they look editions, cool. They look cool so with the reversible art and yeah. all that stuff. Um, but yeah, like I love those Arrow discs. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just so much cool shit they do with the packaging now. It's totally worth it. Well, that, and that's an output too of this whole thing. I mean, people realize because when we were growing up, I mean, yeah, DVDs or VHS cassettes, right. Um, records. Cassette, I will always whatever. be a physical. They were media all. Person. They were all yeah. back then. They were all. Very, I mean, there's some stuff that I have that's just really cheap, really bare bones, and we were paying top dollar for that shit. Are you talking about then. when DVDs first well, came DVDs, out? DVDs, yeah, yeah, everything. They were all it relatively was like, cheap. It was like yeah. interactive menus. That was the extras, and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so so cool. I think that's Two part trailers? of the thing too is if people want to, <laughs> if you want to sell a product. A physical product you really need to up your game yeah and not just sell a product you need to sell an experience yeah 
right? Well, so especially with physical copies, it's nice that you can just take it from your house and bring it wherever and show it off, you know? Yeah. You don't have to worry about, you know, if it's only on Netflix and your yeah. friend doesn't have Netflix, you can just bring it over. That's what we're all doing. We do here. Like, hey, check out. Look, look yeah. Right check this yeah. Thing out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's fun. Well, you hear people, there's always like the gnashing of teeth when something gets taken off Netflix. They're like, no. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my God. Well, that's the problem. You're depending. You know, I love streaming stuff, but that's a problem right there with streaming. And I don't give a shit what company it is, dude. They have the power. Yep. They can take it away whenever they want. You know, whereas if you just take that time and go out and buy a physical copy of something, that's yours forever. Yep. It is kind of twofold, Or until you get a though. crack addiction, you have to say, you have to pawn it. I don't know. Whatever. That's kind of twofold, <laughs> though, because like with the Netflix and Amazon and stuff, they are a reason that a lot of the streaming or a lot of the indie stuff is actually getting out there, though, too. That is too. true. Some of it's mm-hmm. just you know? oh, hell on yeah. there. Yeah. 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 It's a push-pull thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they really are helping out these indie films like that. Um but they still can't help with the physical copy type thing. I mean, that would be an interesting thing to see Amazon do. Like, okay, well, you like the streaming thing. You know, you can, at the end of it, I mean, I hate to see, the, see more advertising, but hey, if you really like this movie, you want to buy a copy. Well, well it's how like about 10 bucks. if you rent it on Amazon, they give you a discount on buying the hard copy? There you yeah. go. Yeah. If yeah. you rent it 10% off the hard copy or yeah. something. Great idea. I have, I have noticed physical copy wise games compared to movies. Like, this whole year that I've been in my new place, I haven't f- bought physical copies of any games. Like it's all online, all and online. and I'm cool with that. But I still like to have the physical copies of movies. You yeah. know, like there is slightly a difference between those. Well, but. there's actually uh, a whole sub like thing going on now because there's you have digital games. Uh, there's this game company called Limited Releasing where they actually make physical copies for digital games and there is this huge market for that now. And Ooh. it's like crazy. They sell out immediately. People, Their used copies go for hundreds of dollars. And I'm talking just for like, you know, just, you know, some PSN game that's that's digital only they'll get the rights to make a physical copy it's insane the money people yeah. pay for this stuff like there's a demand there that people they think everybody wants to go digital but they don't and you can't sell digital games also it'd be a cool thing if you could like you know maybe trade in digital games online for i don't, I don't but there's nothing there there's nothing to trade so yeah it's, yeah, yeah. Have, it's you have nothing you have nothing tangible well, and that's the yeah. thing that, i mean and i let's we'll crawl out of this rabbit hole here in a second <laughs> whatever um <laughs> I think just thinking about this idea that we're talking about too. I mean, I know for me as a collector, and it, you know, it, for let's just say music, movies, and you know, I'm not much of a gamer. Um, music and movies, all those physical pieces that I have, they're all an artifact. It's like a hunter who goes on safari. Mm-hmm. I hate to use that as an analogy, but we have said it that way. Like, oh my God, I found this fucking thing, dude, at this record show. Yeah, it's fun. Dude, you know, and I call it. I'm like, when I go to record shows or I go to any type of trade shows, I'm like, I'm going on safari today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bag myself a freaking four, well, whatever the hell. I don't yeah. know yeah. what am I talking about. But I mean, that's that's kind of the idea. So, you know, people's collections, movies collections, you know, that is an artifact of accomplishment to a certain degree. Like, look, I, I'm serious. I've watched all these movies. You know, this yeah. is my scope. Yeah. It's a good it, little piece of their personality. It's like when yeah. you go into yeah. somebody's house and you like secretly look at their bookcase to see if they're a good person or not. You're like, <laughs> oh, you have Twilight. <laughs> look at their mm. yeah, look at their record collection. Look at the movies they yeah, have. I'm yeah. not saying people are always, are just like you know the culmination of like their hobbies. The art they're into, yeah. But it is a good way to kind of get a little peek into what kind of person they are. It's very true because it's like you took enough time and money. Like 
to get this physical copy mm-hmm. like yeah i agree like i'm always proud of my horror collection when people come over and and my books too i actually even have like a, a row that is all my favorites on one row like that's cool yeah. mm-hmm. no i think that so that whole idea I mean, I, again, I mean, I'm not fighting you on that, Michelle, but I think I don't think I think physical media is actually, in my opinion, maybe even gaining a small amount of ground. I hope so. Degree. I mean, because yeah, I'm, you know, know I, I don't too, I don't so. I really don't see it. I think people over the last 15 years have really kind of the idea of it's air. Mm-hmm. You know, this is fire yeah. and air coming down a line at us well, to give us something. Right? You've got and your blocks. digital copy. You can very easily lose that digital copy. It's much better to have a hard copy on a shelf that you can look at. And well, yeah, yeah. Um, Do you think maybe everyone, well, you know, whoever's making it is so obsessed with, like, you know, the the future that people would, would, would make up that everything, we always have, like, one big digital screen in front of us and we mm-hmm. can do everything on that and like everything else is doesn't have to really be right, physical right yeah so i think, think there are people fun. that are like that i mean i oh. remember when uh when like kindle first came out i was obsessed with it and i was like oh my god it's like future next generation shit so i am like an idiot and i got rid of all my books like an idiot and but the well i downloaded all the books i had uh through various means uh onto my <laughs> kindle and then i realized later i was sad that i didn't have my books anymore it's like it's like a weird thing like i still i yeah. still have my kindle and i use it all the time actually but now i, st- I also buy paper books too yeah yeah there's just something there. about tangible you know yeah. like feeling it in your fingers and and smelling just, it yeah this. a friend of mine talked that <laughs> shit <laughs> a friend of our mutual no a mutual friend of ours chris actually said that. i remember him saying that years ago when ipods came in mm-hmm. when it comes to music yeah right? when the ipod came in, it's like dude and you know what let's be honest it did change yeah a lot of things oh for sure but i mean i was I'm glad I still had that mentality back then because I mean, people I knew were like, oh, dude, I can't wait. I'm getting my iPod. I'm going to put all my music on my iPod. I'm going to literally burn all my shit in the front yard. (laughs) I don't care about any of these CDs or any of these records. And I'm like, man, I love that shit, though. I still have all my CDs in the cabinet. I put a bunch of them, you know, transferred a lot of them to MP3. Those are like books to me. Like, they're they're no different than books to me. Like, you know, those are, you know, you, I mean, I look at a movie or, or a you know a piece of music and you know, a full length album or whatever or they're all like the same thing like they're all something like a book yeah. to me like you know you're experiencing it, but just in a different way right yeah it's so like I, I I'm it. I'm cool that I have all of this on my digital you know s- screen whatever thing I'm using but I got my physical copies like for real yeah you know? yeah yeah um, you know but yeah there's nothing wrong with technology though either that's the thing no, like you can no. embrace technology I tell people that all the time like dude you know use the stuff. I mean, yeah. it's great that I can have, you know, 300 albums on my phone now. Mm-hmm. I think it's super cool, right? And I and I utilize that, but, you know, at the same still time. still not the cover art and all the liner notes no, and all that yeah. stuff. There's a lot you more know. to experience with that. Yeah, we really went down a rabbit hole. Sorry. No, I, no, you're I was cool. I like, here's this little thing, and we talked about it. Like, we want to try to hit a couple more of these. Yeah, I'm going to hit then... a couple here. Um, one that I really adore is the loved ones it's an australian <gasps> horror movie from four or five years ago okay it was actually one of the first movies we reviewed for the site a while back and i tell you what it is just 
it's in a way it's kind of reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw yeah. because it's so brutal and it's you know you're locked away in this house um but it kind of mixes it up it's the dad and his daughter instead of usually it's always like a mm. male antagonist this time it's a female antagonist and they've got this you know handsome dude locked up in the house and they torture him and it's it's pretty damn brutal but you know on that note, Australia continues to put out awesome, awesome independent horror movies. Like they put out Wormwood yeah. a couple years ago. That was crazy. Which that was, was like a Mad Max type yeah, zombie yeah, movie. Yeah, it was awesome. That, you know, Australia, man, they're the indie horror stuff. They Snowtown are just Murders. kicking ass. Was that an Australian flick? Which one? Snowtown Murders. Yes, it was. That's fucking hard to watch. There's yeah. like a whole genre called Aussie Ozploitation, where it's yeah. just Australian horror cult movies like Dead End Drive and uh, Wormwood would also be considered one. Mm. Like all just they Australia makes some pretty good shit, man. Oh, Is yeah. Wolf Creek Australian, or was that? A- yes, yeah, they fucked that whole thing up though. They did Wolf Creek One, which was great. Yeah, and then they now did like, a sequel. They tried turning it into a friend. It's like four or five of them now, Wolf wasn't Creek there? Two. No, no. I thought there was like there was like what, a bunch of them now. No, they did Wolf Creek Two, which took forever to get out. We got an early screener of that one a couple years back, and it was just it was almost painful to watch. Yeah, because they turned the character into a joke. Yeah, like he went from number one from being evil, then in part two he becomes Freddy Krueger. Like mm-hmm. now it's about oh we're gonna make him funny. Oh he's all quippy and stuff. Yeah for he's real? all quippy and shit. Yeah. The same director. It I, no it's a different director oh. of course. And now they actually just released a Wolf Creek TV series. What? That's what I was probably thinking. Yeah, of. yeah yeah I think yeah. it was a short run like eight or ten episodes. I've On never what? seen it. Where. I don't know. Or I'm thinking of Wrong Turn. There's like 400 of those now. Oh, those are terrible. I keep seeing really new bad. ones. They'll be like Wrong Turn 78. Yeah, I'm just like, like who is making <laughs> and watching suck. these? Stop it, dude. Like, the first one wasn't good. And so now why are we on 100? Like, with Aliza Dushku or whatever. <laughs> it's always like is? whatever Eliza the B list. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Celebrity of the Week is in it. Silly war. <laughs> Can we mention Eyes of My Mother? <coughs> oh, that's why you turned yes. turn me on to. Did you guys see this? Eyes of My Mother? Oh, dude. That's a fucked up movie. That is a great. It's a great, great movie. movie. It's almost Fuck. like because it's all black and white. Yep. Just like a girl walks home alone at night. You know, it's very it's black and white, very just slow moving. Mm. But you know, a lot. Well, what of, ha- what what it transposes? Yeah, it's it's a really good movie. It's a really really. Check good, out. good things about it. Yeah, you guys gotta see it. Yeah, it's badass. Yeah. It's totally. It's it's it's. It's some things happen in that movie. <laughs> you know, I hate, I hate, I know I say that a lot because I just don't want to spoil it for yeah. anybody, you know, but there's shit that, that happens. It's like, dude, holy crap. <laughs> well, yeah, just the beginning of the movie is so brutal. You're like, it's, holy that, fuck, that, is this yeah. really happening? And then it's, it's almost like a extended episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally. there's not like a lot that happens in the movie, but there's just enough content there and there's not a lot of talking in the movie either. No, not at all. It's no. a very, very, very quiet film. Yeah. Uh, anything? I'm sorry. How about you guys? I know how many, we're up against the clock here, aren't we, Chris? Oh, we got like 10 more minutes. All right, cool. Uh, um, how, about, how about Kirsten? I'm I sorry. thought about bringing up uh, ABCs of Death. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Did yeah. I, did I, no, I didn't put that one down because I was afraid no. to. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah. a cool flick. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I mean, there's, well, there's, isn't there like a couple of them now? There's, there's two. Two. There's two of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, so for anyone who doesn't know, it's the A through Z uh, <laughs> of 
different directors get one letter and they each direct a short horror film. Yeah. And I think it's just fun because you get to see all their different ideas. There's claymation, you know, like CGI, like real effects, you know, everything in between. And uh, it's a total smorgasbord. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. That's a really good pick because it's like the who's who of indie directors, too, that yeah. make them. Yeah. Like all the different films. Well, what made Creep Show, the original Creep Show, so much fun? Because yeah. it had all that variety. Yeah. You know? And now this is like Creep Show on steroids. Mm-hmm. It's like, the you know, like as, we, as Kirsten already said, A through Z. What I, I'm trying to think of. Yeah. There, there was one I really liked in the first one um, for letter X that stood for XXL and it was like a uh, overweight woman wanted to get skinny and just like how she does it. Like, Oh Ooh. fuck. I remember yeah. that. Oh, oh yeah. it was bad. And oh. I, there was also, I forget which letter it was, but it was the one where a bunch of like dudes are strapped to chairs and they're forced to masturbate to like certain like things that are being performed on stage. And Oh, that got me too. I was like, fuck man. Yeah. Fast moving, hard. To, you you got to keep up with those the, those films, but they're. I like the second one better. Actually, I felt like the second one was more quality throughout. The first one's like super mixed bag, but well, which is going to happen when you have you know yeah. all those different twenty six different little the, yeah. the the Z in the second one with like the pregnant mother with yeah. the tree oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. that was my favorite from the second one. One of the I'm about guys. To watch those again. Those, those were fun. Well, one of the guys that did the gore work on um The Void directed one of the oh, ones really? in the ABC part 2. Yeah. He did like it was basically a, a riff on 90s toy commercials, you know, like where they would oh, be yeah. travel to the land where they're like, oh, we're playing with these toys, but they just basically get transported to a fucked up realm of where like their toys are from. And it's like people are just getting their heads cut off. It's basically hell. Yeah. And it's like really, these kids are like, ah, they're just like, what's happening? Just people getting heads cut off in front of them. And there's like demons shoving shit up people's asses and stuff. And they're just like holding their toys like, what's happening? <laughs> it's so fucking funny. I it's saw- like super fucked up. I saw one the other night. Um, this was not on any of our lists, but I was at Disc Replay and I stumbled across this movie called Eat. And I didn't, oh. I didn't, I should have bought the Blu-ray. It was like 13 bucks. It was an import. I didn't buy it, but I came home and the found it online. Spoil the fuck out of that one. Okay, I, I so this movie basically is, it's about, it follows a lot of the same story cycles as Starry Eyes. It's a girl in Hollywood. She wants to be a star. She's getting a little bit older. She's like 28 or 29 now, so she's fearful that her career is already over before it starts. Um, and she's going to all these casting sessions and what or whatnot. But she gets an obsession, an eating disorder. And her eating disorder is completely different than any other eating disorder you've ever seen. She starts devolving into self-cannibalism. And it's like crazy. She's like obsessive about becoming an actress and everybody's beating her down. And, you know, people are trying to get her to be in porn, Mm -hmm. the whole deal. And one day she goes home and she starts chewing on her finger. And then, like, literally, like, her nails all corrode and her hand starts getting all fucking gangrene and shit. And then later she starts eating her own leg. It's, like, it's crazy. Now, it's not a great movie, but the premise is really good. And if they had had more money for it, it could have been excellent. So I definitely suggest watching it if you like horror movies, especially indie horror, Mm. because they did a decent job of it. But, yeah, yeah. Michelle, why don't you take us home? 
Uh, with like another movie or? Yeah. No, I need a ride. Oh. That's what I meant. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm too Probably. cheap for an Uber, so can you hook me up? Yes. <laughs> uh, let me see what's on here. Oh, Session 9. Oh. Session 9 is one of those ones where it had, I, I also didn't know anything about it before yeah. I watched it. And it was just like, it's kind of like Silent Hill-esque. Cause it is. It's got this whole, like, the daytime scenes are like, oh, it's not that scary. But then they have to keep going back in that mental institution. And it's all fucked up in there. And it's David got, like, Caruso one of those, is yeah, in that movie. That's, like, the best role he ever played. Or was it just me? Is and it, plus, it, it's where that fuck you gift yeah, 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 comes yeah, yeah, from. Yeah, 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 Thank you, thank you. Where he's got his fingers all, hey, fuck hey, you. fuck you. Yeah. yeah. He does that shit. It's like, what? Amber and I watched he's that. He's so good in it. My friend turned me on to that years ago, and mm-hmm. we watched it. And I'm I, for some reason, Amber and I, I think we watched it on Netflix. Yeah. It was on there. And Amber and I, I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I forgot about that whole, fuck you. Yeah. And Amber's like, can we rewind that? <laughs> I, I just want to see that again, because it, it was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fucking bad. Yeah, but Caruso's in that. It, it Session 9 is creepy scary. as fuck. Yeah. It's a lot of jump scares. Yeah. You get, you get a lot of those. It's really good for that. I mean, and really, it is like first person running through a, mm-hmm. you know, asylum, you yeah. know, in the dark. It's almost like a, um, a ride, like a yeah. like a scary carnival ride or something yeah. where you're just following these people around and it's all jacked up and you don't know what's going on. David Caruso jumps out. Yeah. Dave, that's like his best his role, I swear like to God. CSI. He's so good in that. It's, it's like yeah. overacting too. Oh, totally. Nth level. Oh yeah, totally. I but, remember that movie was getting a big push. It was getting when, a huge push. Big you know, it first came out because it was like, oh, this different kind of horror movie, mm-hmm. and it didn't it didn't open in any theaters locally, so we had to wait for it to come out on DVD. I read it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I read it the first time. Yeah, I dig that movie though. No, it was a, it was a lot of fun. David Caruso is such an awful actor, though. <laughs> we talked about this last week. Well, too. in King of New York, in King of New York, yeah. he was okay. Yeah. But you after know, that, he, he got well. He was okay in King of New York, but even then, he's like just totally flipping Does his shit. Does he even shit. do stuff now? I don't know. He just stands around taking his glasses off all day. Yeah, he just, yeah! He just walks up to people. Fuck you. Who. Fuck you. <laughs> I think we should end on that. Fuck, Fuck you. you. Fuck you, Eddie. Bye. <laughs> I was just kidding, but okay. We're good. Hey, uh, make sure you check out projectorscreen.com, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.